This is the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. Live from Gameworks at Newport on the Levee. Now alongside the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi. Here's your host, Nick Brunk. All right, welcome in. It is another Monday night here at Gameworks at Newport. Before I kill everybody's ears, fix the mic. Welcome in. Another uh, Monday night as we get you ready for another week of Cyclones hockey as they'll take on the Express. Go figure again on Friday before coming back home for Military Appreciation Night this Saturday. Before we get any further along, let's talk about the headlines or the only real big headline of the day. Garrett Wilson reassigned to the club just earlier this afternoon. He's a a guy that certainly uh, put up some good numbers, enough so for you to send him up and refer him to Chuck Weber's uh, club. And and now after a a couple of games with the the Rampage, they sent him down. That's a big help for this team. Yeah, I mean, I thought Garrett had a great start to his professional career here with us. He uh, he plays in all situations. He's a you know he's a young kid. He's only 20 years old, but he's already got that maturity to him. And uh, he's uh, he's a guy obviously wearing an A for us. I think it's important to have a younger guy in the mix in our leadership group. And uh, he did well up there, but it's uh, we're excited to have him back. I uh, can't wait to get him in the lineup this weekend. And with that said, obviously, it's been kind of a hectic week when it comes to the roster. Uh, as you look back and forth at what's been going on, uh, the goaltending situation has still been in flux. Uh, certainly, as players continue to get healthier, namely Evan Trump, one of those, Matt Pierce making his first appearance of the season this past weekend, uh, it, it makes your life as a coach, I would imagine, kind of hectic, although we've mentioned this before, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those situations where, uh, you know, last year we had, we had issues where, you know, the phone would ring and we were already at nine forwards and 5D. But, uh, um, you know, it is an interesting situation with having so many guys and we're trying to manage the IR spots and, and stuff like that. And, and, and with our goaltending situation, you know, Ch- uh, uh, Chet still, uh, he won't be available this weekend. Uh, Tyler Plant uh, went back to San Antonio on Sunday to get his car and drive back up. So he's on route right now. Um, you know, he'll be available for us this weekend. And, uh, again, we'll have to sign an emergency backup to uh, get through the weekend. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. And uh, Chet will get better here within, the, within a week and um, see his availability. But, again, uh, with all this movement and trying to get different guys uh, in situations and trying to find ice time for all these guys because we've got some talented kids and, uh, and uh, it, it's a challenge every day. A couple of those talented players will be with us tonight. Mike Liambus and Maury Edwards in the house, and they will join us as the show continues, of course. Maury got his uh, first Cyclones goal uh, this year as he picked up the game-tying goal with just about four and a half to go. And, of course, we know the story on the bus. He picked up another outstanding fight amongst other things on the ice that night. He's here as well. We'll talk about that with him and a whole bunch more as we uh, as we move through in this hour from 7 to 8 here every Monday night. Also coming up, uh, we'll have uh, news on the Pabst Party Express to Chicago, and the spaces are rapidly, rapidly getting filled up, so we'll talk about that and how you can get involved if you haven't already. All right, let's take you back to Friday. Uh, 12.30 p.m. is when our scheduled departure time uh, to make it to the Windy City, and uh, we get in, and we get on the bus, and we, we pack up, and uh, of course, with the time change, you have, you know, a good, you know, six hours to get there. And that with a five hour, maybe 15 minute drive, you think you have time to get through. Uh, well, we get into what greater Chicago, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of about 40 miles outside of, uh, of where we're going, which is Hoffman Estates, Illinois. And uh, we run into some gridlock that changed the way the uh, the pregame rituals went. I guess that when it comes to superstitions, you can't hope for something like that because and that changes everything. Yeah, it was. I've, I've never gone to a game that late before. And, uh, you know, we're cruising along. Everything's great. And, you know, you, you trust that the bus driver knows where he's going and knows the best route and, and all that. And like I told uh, Cass, I coach the team. I don't drive the bus. <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, we, I remember we got, we stopped at about 4.30 and I looked out front and I could see the skyline. I see the Sears Tower right in front of us and I looked outside and there's the U.S. Uh, uh, cellular um, you know, ballpark where the White Sox play. And I'm like, this isn't the way we're supposed to be going. Like, we got to go up and around the city to avoid this. It's 4.30 on a Friday in Chicago and we are stopped dead. And we, it took us probably two hours from there to get to uh, Hoffman Estates and, uh, you know, the bus driver just took the shortest route which, which that is point A to point B. And um, unfortunately, on a Friday in Chicago, that's not the best way to go. So uh, we got in there, and they extended warm-up by 10 minutes, and the guys had 20 minutes to get on the ice. And, you know, Tyler Plant flew in at 1.30 in the morning, uh, practiced with us in the morning, slept on the bus, and then had 20 minutes to get his gear on and get out there and play. So, you know, all that, that aside, you know, obviously the message to the guys is, uh, you know, no excuses here. Like, we've, we've got to go out there and... And they did a great job. I thought we played. There was moments in that game that, uh, you know, I thought we, we, we controlled the pace uh, considerably. And to yeah. get a 3-0 lead was, uh, um, you know, deservingly so. I thought we were the better team. And unfortunately, again, it's something we addressed today with the guys is, uh, you know, holding those leads going into third periods. The second time this year we've had a lead going to third, and we didn't get, the, you know, in Reading we didn't get the points, and, then, and we got one in Chicago. So, you know, it's something we addressed today and uh, something that we we're going to really focus on is uh, when you have a team down. We had opportunities at 3 nothing to make it 4 nothing. I mean, uh, Daniel Koger had a wide-open net, and we had a couple breakaways. We hit a post. and uh, But, you know, that, that's the thing. You've got to bear down. You get an opportunity. You've got to... Uh, you got to make the most of it, and um, you know. Unfortunately, we only got the one point out of Friday's game. We played, uh, we played so well. That's what makes it so difficult. And when you shift home the next night to Cincinnati, you were able to play in front of what was one of the best crowds in Cincinnati Cyclones history. In fact, it was the 13th largest crowd in regular season history. It was the best. Cyclones home opener based on the attendance they had 6,993 with us on Saturday night which was outstanding we had a blast and I know uh, the atmosphere was electric from from the very beginning of the game and it, it certainly went to that at the end of course Maury's uh, game time goal certainly helped uh, amp things up in the final minutes and uh, nothing better than a shootout unfortunately uh, you couldn't get the extra point but it's still just an exciting atmosphere an exciting game just a a great way to kick off the home slate. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you're looking for two points. I mean, that, it, it's disappointing, but I think the, the the crowd and the amount of people and the excitement in that building was terrific. I mean, you could tell right from warm-up, you can always feel a little bit of an excitement in warm-up. And then, uh, you know, coming out, uh, staff did a great job uh, for the home opener and, uh, you know, selling the tickets and getting getting everybody into that building. It was it was really exciting. It was, it was uh, that, that game had a lot of everything. Uh, you know, uh, a couple scraps, a couple goals, a shootout. You know, the only thing we're missing was that extra point. But, uh, you know, I thought uh, – I didn't think we played as well Saturday as we did Friday. I thought there were some moments in the game that, uh, um, you know, we, we, we weren't we – weren't we, weren't, we were more on our heels than we were uh, moving forward. And uh, for whatever reason, you know, they had they traveled too. But I, I, I thought we got better in the third period. And, uh, um, you know, unfortunately, I thought we played well enough to win, but it was we didn't get that extra point. But it sure was an exciting game to be a part of, I'm sure, for everybody to, to watch on Saturday. Let's address uh, something that, that Rob and I begrudgingly had to talk about during the broadcast, uh, and we tried to, to kind of peel it back as much as we could, uh, the officiating on Saturday. And I don't want to make this a, a, a bash session on, on, on officiating because we have other things to get to, but I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, it, it was uh, a night that was not... Uh, not one for Joe Murphy or uh, Ryan Murphy. I think this doesn't is his name. Matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, the referee wants that to forget that one. It was not a great night, uh, and I think that uh, the tempers flared. And, and I'm surprised that, uh, that we didn't see more 
uh, fisticuffs, kind of back and forth plays than we did, considering how poorly it was officiated from start to finish. You know, I think uh, as a whole in the game, yeah, there were some calls missed. I thought there was a couple dives there that, that you know, he got fooled into by, by them. And, you know, Brian O'Hanley got high stuck the one time, no call. But, you know, the, the biggest thing, the, the biggest point for me was, um, you know, that whole incident that happened. You know, first of all, I thought Mike Leambus' hit was a clean hit. The guy's got a scoring opportunity with the puck in the slot, and he just hit him, hit him so hard, uh, the ref felt he had to call something. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he got up and then gave our goalie a poke for no reason and then drops the gloves, and so they, 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 they took a shot at our goalie. They fought our goalie. Their goalie came all the way down, and at the end of the day, just called it a wash. Like, let's, yeah. just, let's just call it a wash, and we'll <laughs> move on. I, I, to me, I just can't believe. And the fact that he knew we had an emergency backup goalie, not that you get passes on stuff, but I think the history there with Steve Martinson and in that, that, you know, they know our situation. The ref knew our situation. And uh, for them to go at our goalie and actually fight the goalie, I mean, it usually takes a lot for a player and a goalie to drop the gloves. That was like hair trigger. That thing, <laughs> the gloves were off and they were going. So uh, I just don't understand how we came out of that is just even up and let's just keep playing the game. And the, the part that for me in that game was, though, that, you know, the, the game's going on. It's a 1-1 hockey game. That happens. Momentum sitting there. No one has momentum after that fight. I mean, Mike Leambus had a big hit. There's a fight. Tyler Plant stood his ground. Uh, emotions are high. The crowd's into it, and, and, and the momentum is sitting there. No one really has it. And I thought that next shift, I talked to our guys, like, let's go from here. And they came right down and scored on that one. So mm-hmm. for me, that game right there was ours for the taking after that moment, if, if, if we came out with a better first shift or second shift. But you know, uh, it was, uh, the guy stuck with it, though. We got down 2-1. Maury's goal was a huge goal, exciting on the power play to tie that thing up. Mm. And uh, um, so, like I said, the game had a lot of everything. It was an emotional game. It was a fun game to be a part of. And at the end of the day, it was, uh, you know, disappointing not getting those two points. Though. We have time for your questions as well. If you want to grab the live mic from Rob, you can ask yours to the Here coach. Mike Kyle. Or to Maury Edwards or Mike Leambus as we move through. And we'll take all of those. Uh, throughout the course of the show each and every week. And, Mike, if you're here and you want to ask your very first question, you go ahead. Coach, Nick, uh, my question is on Friday night's game. We was watching it over at Dickman's. Great feed, audio, video. But uh, my question is the third period, I don't, I don't know if they threw in a wrink, new wrinkles at you. It seemed like we looked different coming out in third period. Their defense seemed like they, I don't know, they stepped it up or just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Mike. I, I thought the way we played in the second period was uh, probably the best period we've played all season. That second period in Chicago, the way the guys were forechecking and getting pucks to the net and our defense, we barely spent any time in our defensive zone. Um, you know, and it's one of those things, you, 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 we, you don't want to change anything. You don't want to play it safe going into the third. That said, we don't want to be giving up opportunities either. So, I felt that too, Mike. We had a, it felt like a different uh, mentality going to the third. I don't know if it's maybe a little bit of the youth um, on our team, um, you know, maybe not buckling down or maybe trying to be too safe or not, uh, uh, you know, being as aggressive as they have been. So, like I said, we, we addressed it this morning. We'll continue to address it because, uh, you know, good hockey teams, you can't blow leads going in the third period. That, that game should be over when you have a 1-2 goal lead going in the third. Thanks for your question, Mike. Go ahead. Hi, Next Bailey. question. Would you like to be like a player or a coach? <laughs> For like uh, one one drill a day, I think I like to be a player. Then after that, I you like, had a good I like one today. A coach. You, you had a couple of good ones today. 
No, I, I, that's a good question, Bailey. It's, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's always fun playing. It's way more fun being a player than a coach. I, I promise you that. Being a hockey player is a lot more fun than being a hockey coach. But uh, I, I think, um, you know, I, I think that's over. It's a, <laughs> a ship sailed. Although, <laughs> although I did come across today, thanks to... Thanks, Bailey. That's a good question. It is, it is a good question. A very interesting, very interesting photograph. Yep. That uh, we will, I think, be unveiling at some point in the next uh, next couple of weeks. Maybe we even may wait for throwback night. Let's just put it that way. I'll tease it by saying that it's a photo you will absolutely want to see, and we'll hopefully get it to you at some point on the uh, the website, CyclonesHockey.com. From Mike and Bailey to Mike. Mike, you go ahead. <laughs> What's up, Jared? Hey, Mike. Hey, what's the role on the goalie? Allowed to come from one in the eyes to the other. Well, isn't there a suspension or? A yeah, that, that was my point to uh, the referee on on Saturday. Was he just said it's a two-minute penalty? Now I, I've I've made a call to Joe Ernst today. Uh, we exchanged uh, voicemails, uh, uh, voice messages today. Um, you know, just to get the clarification on that because um, you know I, I can't see how a goalie can go the length of the ice and and just get a two-minute penalty. That's to me that whole thing just didn't make sense at all how, how he, he ruled on all those uh, situations, you know. So, you know, I, I get that Tyler Plant had to get something because he, he fought back, but, you know, what's he supposed to do? I mean, it's uh, at least, uh, you know, two, five, ten, whatever, uh, their goalie getting something. But at the end of the day, there's no way that should have been a wash, that yep. whole situation. It is interesting. I checked uh, the, the rule book, and... Uh, technically, I mean, it's very, very confusing because there are there are discretionary calls that can be made. You get a two-minute penalty and you get fined if you leave if the goalie leaves his protected area, which is the area behind center ice. If you cross center line, you're automatically two minutes and twenty-five dollar fine. That's uh, a lot, but it's a fine nonetheless. They haven't announced any fines yet, but in your estimation and mine as well, uh, and even Rob and I talked about it on the air. It was it, it was an intent to, to fight, so it wasn't like he just came up to play the puck and oops I, I came across center red which yeah. never happens he intended to to do something intentional uh and fight and and obviously uh some some malicious intent as opposed to just something accidental yeah no absolutely i get when goalies are maybe challenging each other and uh he goes across the red i mean he dropped he was ready to go he went down there yeah. to engage in the battle yep and that was after the fight had already began so he was yeah. he was the eighth or ninth man into the scrum yeah. nonetheless go ahead hey hey so what's your uh, reaction when you see your own goalie start fighting? I mean, do you cheer him on or do you don't want him to really get involved in a scruffle because he's your goalie? Uh, my first uh, reaction is I look down and see an emergency backup that's an intern <laughs> for the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's my first uh, thought. Um, it's not very uh, a pleasant place to be, but, um, you know, watching Tyler Plant throw him with Ty Tim Spencer I thought was he pretty. He connected, huh? Pretty impressive from Tyler's standpoint, but again, it's not something you want to see. Obviously, yeah, you're, you, 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 I don't know if you want him to do well. You're, you're just more little, you know, concerned that he get, does get hurt. So, you know, Tyler did well. He, I, his hand was a little sore. He had a nice bag on it after the game. Not an issue at all. But, uh, no, I was impressed how Tyler stand, stood his ground with him and uh, was throwing right back. So, you know, that was, uh, you know, it was, a, it was an unfortunate situation, and you don't want to hope it doesn't happen again like that. But, uh you know, when you've got an emergency backup, uh, it is definitely a stressful situation for everybody. Thanks for your question, Thanks. Mike. You have another one? Yes, sir. Coach, uh, the big question is, whose hand is most damaged, yours or plants? 
Uh, that is a good question. Mine was fine. I just could not believe that, you know, these guys, they, 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 want, they don't even want to discuss it. It's more they're telling you what they saw when you try to, you know, give your point. He doesn't want to hear any of that. He's just basically telling me what's up in any kind of qu line of questioning he does not want to want to engage in. So, you know, it's frustrating. Uh, you know, it, 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 and, and Joe Ernst, uh, you know, Joe Ernst is one of the most respected guys out there in the ECHL in hockey, the supervisor of officials, and yep. now a larger role with the ECHL. But, uh, you know, it's something that Joe has to address with his officials. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I, stuff like that, uh, you know, it's exciting and that, but I at least get the right call. And I think that, uh, you know, if uh, Ryan Murphy made the right call there, it would be a different situation. But, uh um, you know, it's exciting, but unfortunately, it, it could have turned ugly for us if Tyler Plant's out of the game. And next thing you know, we got a, we've got a, a hockey game, one-one hockey game going on, and we got to put an emergency backup in. And you know, you could say, well, that's your fault for having one, but you know, there, there's obviously a lot of issues going on and why we have an emergency backup and roster spots and and what's available out there. So, um, you know, it's uh, just hope they get the right call next time. Rob, speaking of. We'll just get past the bad calls, but I think not only in that game, but going back to the Kalamazoo game, just, just for a split second, you guys were down 6-1 to one in that game, and, and Chap, where he first uh, suffered his injury, the way you guys were stay, able to stay mentally strong in that game and be able to come back, because right after Chet went down, they had one shot the rest of the way, you score four straight on the power play, and that seemed to have get, gotten you guys rolling from there. You've scored seven of your last 14 on the power play. You've killed one. You've uh, only given up one goal in your last 13 penalty kill. I, I believe that was a big turning point, and it especially showed in that second period because it's very easy to get frustrated and to get baited in, especially when they're not making calls. So I think that's something that uh, – that it's, it's kind of gone unnoticed is how disciplined that this team really is. Yeah, I think some of our penalties, we ran into penalty problems in Reading uh, when we had the lead in the third period, but it wasn't really undis undisciplined kind of stuff. It seemed more just a little, uh, you know, uh, smaller type calls that, you know, a, a guy sticks out and he just calls it or reaches a hand. I don't think it's so much undisciplined, but, you know, we've had we've played six games and, we, and we've had some emotional games. Everyone's been close. I mean, even the 6-1 game, we came back to make it 6-5. Um, you know, uh, uh, Trent was 3 nothing, but, you know, they, they put a press on on us too. So, you know, all our games have been really tight. And, 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 and like I said, some have been very emotional. Even the first game of the year, it's 1-1 with 10 minutes to go, and they score a, you know, controversial goal, whether it went in or not, off the crossbar. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of emotions in all the games. So um, it's great. I think it's bringing the guys closer together. And, uh, you know, I know in the, uh, throughout the week here in practice and, and, and you know, guys are continuing to talk about different things. And we've got a great group of guys. Uh, even though we're bringing in guys, three, four guys a week, different guys interchanging, <laughs> uh, you know, the guys we're getting is uh, just quality people. And I think that's a, a credit to the Nashville Predators and the Florida Panthers of, you know, some of the people they're bringing in and some of the people they're weeding out. Um, you know, they're, they're, they want quality people and quality players. And, uh um, you know, so far with the guys we've got here right now, uh, I couldn't be happier with the guys, the group we have. Is there anything that surprised you? You, you see Chicago for the very first time, Steve Martinson. You kind of know what you're going to get with him, but it, was there anything that, that kind of went against what you had thought was going to be a very physical game? Well, I didn't think Friday they were overly physical, and, I, and our message to the guys was, um, you know, even though we did get there 20 minutes before warm-up, we, we discussed it the day before was, you know, we, we're not going in there waiting to see what happens or, or let them be the aggressors. A, a team like that, you've got you've to come after them. And I'm not talking about running people through the boards or any kind of, uh, 
you know, after the whistle stuff, we want to stay away from any of that stuff. But when you skate and you finish all your checks, a team like that gets frustrated because they're used to being the ones that are setting the tone. And we didn't allow them to set the tone on Friday. I thought that, uh, you know, we just outskated them. We outworked them. We took care of all our details better. We finished all our checks, and that seemed to slow them down and frustrate them. Now, you know, Saturday I didn't think we skated as well, and it allowed them to uh, control a bit more of the pace and control some of the physicality. Now going back, one of the players that I think it's really caught on is, is Abby. Three goals in his last three games. He's got two multi-point games. He's got four points. Mm -hmm. Seems like he's really starting to come along, especially with him and, and Luciani as well. Those two are seem to be skating pretty well together. And then talk about the addition now of getting Matt Pierce to go along with those two guys. Well, I, you know, I, I think Matthew Aubin, obviously everybody's known him for a long time here, his success here in Cincinnati. And, um, you know, Matthew's just a great, uh, great person, great teammate. Um, you know, we rely on him a lot. I mean, he's, uh, I, I can't say enough about what Matthew brings to the team. And, uh, you know, the goal he scores the other night, that's a big goal for us, and he has a knack for that. I mean, Matthew's a pro, and uh, he's a big part of our team. He's part of our leadership group. I think it's time that, uh, you know, Avi takes that step. You know, where he's been here the longest, he's, uh, you know, like I said, he's had tremendous success here. And, uh, you know, it's time to take that extra step in his leadership. When you look at the schedule, it, it's interesting. The division is, is starting to get a little bit uh, swayed based on games played. Kalamazoo has played eight. Chicago played eight. Uh, Toledo has played seven after playing uh, and ended up winning, actually, in a five-goal uh, third period last night. Uh, six games, you have two in hand. Uh, is, it, is it tougher or easier or somewhere in the middle when it comes to playing the amount of games, or the, in this case, the few that you have, as opposed to kind of being on a on a two and two and two or a three and three or a two and three that you tend to have most of the months out of the year minus October. Yeah, I'd like to get more games. I mean, we're uh, you know playing uh, you know two games and one game on a Saturday and waiting another week and playing two. It's yeah. uh, I know the boys are excited. I know as much as it's a grind four and five or three and three and. But uh, I know the guys are excited for this weekend, Friday, Saturday. Then we get into Tuesday, and then we get into a 3-3. Three and three. So um, I'm sure their tone will be different on following Sunday when we're, uh, you know, we've got that <laughs> afternoon game. But, uh, you know, you want to play. I mean, practice uh, is very important. Practice, uh, um, you know, you get a lot accomplished early on, especially with a lot of new guys. But, um, you know, the, the guys want to play. They want to get out there and play. And uh, we're, we're excited to get the schedule really into full gear. Okay, let, let's talk about a couple of other things, specifically some of the new guys. A.J. Jenks and, of course, Jonathan Hazen we saw in a, a short sample size this weekend. And, and, you know, it's amazing. It seems like no matter who comes down, it doesn't take them very long to kind of just plug and go. Uh, tell me about what that speaks to about your system as well as just their ability, uh, hockey sense-wise, to just kind of come down and, and be a factor. Well, I, I think A.J. Jenks, uh, I mean, he's done a great job for two games, especially on Friday night. I thought he was uh, one of the better players on the ice uh, uh, for both teams. Uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a young kid. He's only a second-year pro, but he's a, he's a mature kid also. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, I, I don't think he, I think he lost maybe one or two face-offs on Friday night in Chicago, and he did a good job for a Saturday. So he competes in all areas, you know, defensively. Um, you know, offensively, he has an ability. He's not the, he's not the smoothest skater. But, um, you know, he gets there, and he understands the game. He understands the details. And Jonathan Hazen is, uh, geez, he's got to be one of the most talented players in the league. Um, you know, I don't think we saw his best on Saturday. But uh, when, this, when this guy gets, um, gets going, he is going to be a tremendous talent. He's got some ability and, uh, um, you know, a big scorer, a lot of skill. And it's just a matter of now he's playing with men instead of boys and junior. And 
I think he's going to be a terrific, terrific player at this level and, and, and at the next level. So. We have plenty more to get to with the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, on the course like Jared Scaldi. Show one quick note, though, and I kind of teased it at the beginning of the show. The Pabst Party Express is quickly getting filled up. At last checked, and I think Chris Parsons would be able to give me a, an exact number, I believe there were four seats left on the party bus or four spots left. And the other cool thing about it is that we're giving away a pair of those spots, a winner and a guest, at each of the watch parties for the Cyclones, which the first one of which will be on the 19th and then again the next day on the 20th of November. The first one is Saturday the 19th when the Cyclones will be in Chicago. It'll be at Willie's in Westchester the very next afternoon. It'll be at Dave and Buster's and uh, we'll give away seats on that party bus. But now, in, in addition to just going to the game, getting tickets, getting a hotel, getting a, a chance to ride and have some beer and enjoy yourself, you're also going to get a chance, the winner that, that comes out and that is given at uh, the watch party, to watch warm-ups from the Cyclones bench at the Sears Center. So, uh, a chance to be on the bus. Obviously, watch us live as you uh, come up to Chicago to join us and also be on the bench. That's a, that's a whole bunch of good stuff. So we hope that you uh, uh, come to the watch parties as well as watch throughout the course of the season as we have you. We'll have Mike's question and a whole lot more as we move through. We'll take a break and come back with Mike Liambus. He is with us next as the Gores Light Jared Scaldi Show continues in a moment on the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. Back to it, another segment live at GameWorks in Newport on the Levee. I'm Nick Brunker with Rob Roberts and our very first special guest of the night. You know him as number 17. His friends call him the bus. Give it up for Mike Liambus. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Mike. Hi. How you doing? Great. How are you doing? How's your face? Perfect. Good. How's yours? I, well, it is, is what it is, is yeah. what I say. Is yeah. what it is. I'll get as many fights as you. No. Nope. No. Although it was a, a battle today in practice, a battle. Yeah, I you saw were, that. You were just hanging out. You took, took, took a day off. Understandable. Yeah. A much needed one. Yeah. As you get ready for another weekend. Just a little sore. Tell me about Chicago and, and certainly coming into the, to the series this weekend, kind of hearing all the, the talks of what this team tends to do. Uh, did it live up to the expectations? Uh, for sure, yeah. Like I, uh, I knew about a couple of guys that they had. Didn't know about a couple of them, though. So I had to do a little bit of scouting. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think it definitely lived up, to, lived up to the hype. When you scout these yeah. types of players, the yeah. Chaz Johnsons of the world, the Tim Spencers of the yeah. world, what do you do to, to scout? Do you just watch their fights? Do you go on YouTube? and How do, um, how do you get ready? Yeah, there's a site called Drop Your Gloves, actually, that, that has every – you can just type in a name and it'll have all their fights from their whole career. No kidding. Yeah. And, and your fight uh, list is, is continuing to get longer and longer as, as your Cyclones career moves on. And each battle seems to be just, you know, you don't really care who it is and you really don't care uh, how big they are. Tim Spencer has a handful of inches on you, but your battle level is always right there. You, you don't, yeah. You're not afraid of going against anybody. Uh, no. Well, there's nothing to lose, you know. <laughs> you might get banged up, a couple of black guys, but... Time will heal everything. Now, one of the things that I, I noticed, and I, those that watched the Making the Cut video uh, and the documentary during the preseason, is something you have written on the, the top of your stick on the tape. Mm -hmm. uh, it says, time of your life. Tell me yeah. what that means to you, why you have it on there, and, and kind of how you, you take that uh, to how you play the game. Um, well, it's just something, like I said in the, in the documentary, that um, if things aren't going as I planned or aren't going as well, it's something that I always, like, you always have your stick with you, and you can look up at it and see that, you know, just keep reminding me, like someone there telling you it's, it's the time of your life. And, like, I'm sorry to say this, but you guys wake up and you got to go to work every day. Like, we wake up, we got to go to work, but we're going to the rink, hanging out with the guys, and we're doing something we love. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's something where it's really, like, it, it'll never get better than that. One of, the, one of the things that, that 
you have in the locker room as a friend and a teammate, former teammate, and now a current teammate, Anthony Luciani, has yeah. the same message on his stick. That's yeah. something that you guys have had growing up. Yeah, well, it was actually probably the past year we talked about it. I, I saw it somewhere over the internet or in a picture. Someone had it on their phone, and I was just like, like I thought it was amazing. And then I told Luch about it, I think it was last summer, and uh, we just kind of made it a thing where we both had it on our sticks, and it was just kind of a fluke that we're both on the same team uh -huh. now. With it. <laughs> now, this weekend was fun for both of you, actually, Luch yeah. and you, uh, yeah. as both your families were in town. How'd, yeah. how'd that go? Um, it went really well. Our, uh, our, my fridge is full. Because between you and you and uh, and, yeah. and Anthony's parents, yeah. you guys have a lot of food, a lot of food families between you, yeah. a lot of people that bring a lot of a lot of pasta down, a lot of good stuff to add to the fridge. So your yeah. apartment is full, huh? Yeah, like his mom's Italian, my mom's Italian, and she came down with a trunk full, like trunk load full of food. My fridge, my fridge and freezer is just stuffed. Is right there up. something in particular that you looked forward to the most, knowing that she's going to come down and bring food? Oh yeah, she brings a chicken parm and veal parm <laughs> and stuffed peppers. I never have to cook on game day. Pop it right in the oven. And now you've got you enough, it sounds like, to get you through the, at least the rest of the, the calendar year. Till Christmas. That's big time. Yeah, at least. So with, with the families coming in town, do you get a chance, to, obviously, with being out of town Friday and then getting ready for the game Saturday, was there much time to kind of visit, take them around, show them around? What, um, what did you guys do? No, I just took them uh, I, I around, uh, I guess, Sunday and then today. We uh, Sunday kind of just woke up. I'd uh, you know, come down to the rink to see Bob for a bit. And then uh, we went out for lunch and we went shopping a bit. And uh, then we went to the Cheesecake Factory for dinner. Nice. Yeah. Nice place. My brother stayed with me in my place. My parents stayed at a hotel. And then uh, today, kind of the same thing. Woke up. We had to go to practice. Then we went back home, went for lunch, kind of went. Is there one thing in particular, you mentioned the time of your life and getting a chance to do these things and, and play and, and spend time with, with your friends, really, is your yeah. teammates or your friends. Uh, is there something beyond just playing the game that you find to be your favorite thing about being a professional? Um, I, I truly just think that, like, we're all, like, really blessed, you know? Like, we get to wake up every day and truly do something that we love. And it's not about the money. It's not about anything. It's just we, we get to wake up every day. And it's like when ever since we were a kid, you know, I guess Canadians, like, we, once we can walk, we can skate. And uh, I just think that we're really uh, fortunate to be able to do this as, like, for a living, you know? We mentioned with, with Coach about how the, the – uh, the difference between playing once a week or twice a week, you do that in college, and, mm -hmm. and obviously it has its own obstacles to, to overcome. But in the early going of our, of our season, there haven't been very many games in yeah. a row where you're playing those two and three in a, a weekend. As a player, how does that affect the way you prepare? Um, I, think it's, I think it's on the coach a bit here to make the practices a bit more interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's great. He's done a great job with it. But, yeah, like I said, like going – like, it, it sucks playing one game a week when you're practicing yep. six days and playing one day. Like, I love it now. It'll get, like, it'll start picking up, and we'll start playing two, three times a week. So Rob has a question. If you have questions for the bus, you can come up and grab the live mic as well before he takes off and gets some food. Rob, go ahead. Six games, you already got 39.5 penalty minutes. You're averaging 6.5 a, a game. You're getting used to dropping the gloves. Any yep. chance we get a little uh, victory celebration for the for the home fights that uh, – um, we saw one the other know, night. Maybe yeah, just a little, little tiny baby. one, but I don't know. I don't. I don't tend to do it too much, but I think. I think when it's time for it to happen, it will. But we had a great crowd on uh, Saturday night. I, I really enjoyed it. Now you just said you were talking about there's a time. How do you know when it's that time to maybe get a little physical? Is it when you guys maybe come out a little a little slow, maybe a little sluggish, or how do you choose that time when it's time to drop those um, gloves? It's actually there's there's a lot of different scenarios. Like you don't want to be on the road. You don't want to be up one goal and want to start a fight to maybe pump their crowd up or something, you know, if it doesn't go as you planned. Um, 
if you're at home, it's always time. You know, I know <laughs> the fans love it. So uh, I love it too, especially at home. Like there's nothing like fighting at home. But uh, yeah, you kind of got to pick your spots. You don't want to fight in a one nothing game on the road. You also don't want to fight in, uh, you know, when when we're up three nothing here at home. Like it's it's great for the fans to see it, but we're up three nothing. You don't want to kind of shake things up when you don't have to. Before we take Bailey's question, I've got a quick question for you about the fight with Spencer, where yeah. you pretty much took him down in about three seconds, if that. Yeah. Uh, once he went down, he kind of got back up and and kept going. Yeah. Um, was there any? post-fight communication other yeah. than the normal uh, yeah. because of that tending to be what you would consider in layman's terms bush league you don't do that yeah what, well, what did he say a couple of shifts later i think it was in the next period we when all that fiasco stuff happened yeah it was we were lined up and we were talking to each other ready to go again at some point that shift and he actually apologized because he he knew that you're not really supposed to do that because i had him down and i could have went to town on him but he just said it was in the heat of the moment, and it was, and uh, he apologized for it. Does so that happen cool. very often? Do you hear apologies from your from your victims, as I'll no, call them? No, not really, but it's also, it's not like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's different. It's not like we don't truly hate each other. Like we're all just right. we're all just people, and but it's part of the game, and it's like, uh, it's my mentality is that any any every single guy that's on the bench with me. Um, they're like my little cubs, and I got to protect them. <laughs> little mama bear. <laughs> One more, mama bear, not papa bear. Mama bears are more vicious. There you go. Yeah, I stand corrected. Sorry, yeah. Mama Bear. <laughs> Bailey, go ahead with your question. What do you think when you're in the penalty box? Um, <laughs> that is a good question. Let me write this down. I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking that. Well, back in junior, actually, in the penalty box, some of the fans would bring Ziploc bags full of little treats. And sometimes I think about how I don't have any here. In <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I kind of just <laughs> tend to rest up, especially after a fight. It's really, really tiring. Like fighting for 45 seconds is like you're, you're gassed by the end of it. So kind of just trying to regroup and uh, bring yourself down a couple notches because you get, you get riled up after that. Okay. So with, with that said, yeah. treats. Yeah. What, yeah, what would be your, in your top three to I have? Mean, I mean, some brought some Sour Patch. Some sour uh, patch brought some it. M&Ms, the, the peanut M&Ms. Really? Sure, pretty good. Yeah, or even the Reese's. The Reese's, the Reese's are good, but then you Reese's don't you need like like milk? Yeah, you need some milk yeah, to take I that mean, down. Uh, yeah, you, you can't you can't have Reese's. Maybe Reese's pieces at best. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. best. Yeah. Good question. Very good question. One more before we let Bus go back and get some food. All right. I've always wondered what's it like to sock somebody. Um, I'm not I'm not sure how to explain it. <laughs> you can try probably one day, but you might get in trouble. Unless you're playing hockey and yeah. the pros, and you can fight. Yeah. There's no way to describe it, huh? It's indescribable. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, when people ask me about how, like, some of the guys will ask me maybe after a game if you got hit or anything. And, I, like, you really don't, when all that adrenaline is pumping, you really don't feel anything or remember anything. Like, I have to go over and rewatch like, my own fights because I don't really remember how it all goes. It's all adrenaline. You don't feel anything. It's a good question. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, and, and one more thing I have to ask, which is, I'm always curious, as, as you're getting into a fight, and I know you, Rob touched on it, you touched on it a little bit, um, are, are there any players that, that you ever circle and say, I want to fight that guy, or do you try to just say, these are guys I'm expecting to fight, and yeah. I'm just going to let, let things happen as they do? Yeah, well, that's the thing. You kind of have a make a little hit list, I guess, <laughs> before. Not like a mental one. You, you know the guys on the, on the other team who uh, who's going to go and you got to see how the game plays out like I said earlier like uh, it all depends what the score is if you're at home if you're on the road and uh, if something happens out there too. 
I lied. I have one more question. Okay. You and I both uh, had some, some chances this week to, uh, to visit. Actually, it was last week. We visited Children's Hospital. Yep. And I know that it's something that, uh, that you like to do quite a bit, and yep. it's something that doesn't really ever get discussed. We, we posted on Facebook and put pictures in, but, uh, but you're a guy that, that came to me um, in April, right after we had lost uh, against Reading, and said, hey, I'm coming back in the fall, and I, I want to get into the hospitals. I want to get in to meet you know, that are kids that are sick. And we've done yeah. that several times, though, over the past couple of weeks. What does it mean to you to get involved in the community like that? Um, I, I think it's just priceless, the, like, when you can put a smile on a kid's face like that. Um, you know, they're not in the best situation, obviously, being in the hospital. And I just think if, if anyone can go put a smile on their face, it's, it's, it'll mean the world to them and their families. And on the flip side, too, it also means, like, the world to us. Like, it, it, it makes us count our blessings, you know, and it, it makes us remember how special that we are. And... Uh, yeah, you, it's just it's it's amazing. And you scared some people on, on Halloween. We went out to uh, to Children's Hospital for the second time in, in a couple of weeks, and there was a Halloween party. And he decided that you were gonna yeah. take out your teeth. Oh, oh yeah, I did. Yeah, 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 I did. You you forgot about that? Yeah, I did. I don't think the kids will ever forget that. No, no, they won't. And you, what were you dressed as? And explain why you chose it. Um, I was I was a ping pong player actually. Um, me and a couple of guys, we got a doubles match going on at our rec center. He's not kidding. Oh, and I went to Dick's with one of the other guys, and we bought um, a women's women's spandex shorts. It was all, like, 80s funky colors, and a women's shirt, too. We got all headbands going and wristbands, and it was pretty cool. How'd that work out for you? It was amazing. It looked it was like amazing. It, it was a little scary, was, I got to admit. It was a skin tight, too, so yeah, uh, don't, we, don't remind we, me. When we went out for Halloween, ah. the, the ladies liked it. <laughs> I'm a little nauseous. i got to take a break and go compose myself. Give it up for Mike Leambus, everybody. We'll see him on the ice Friday in Chicago. Coming up next, we'll visit with the man that tied the game on Saturday. Maury Edwards is with us as the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show continues after this on the Cyclones Radio Network. This is CyclonesHockey.com. Back to it. Another segment live at GameWorks in Newport on the Levee. Back again next week. And we will hope to see you here as well. Don't forget the Pabst Party Bus rapidly filling up. You can go to CyclonesHockey.com for all the details. But on Saturday, November the 19th at Willie's in Westchester, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, the start game there against the Express. You can watch and hopefully win a couple of tickets to join us and watch the game from, or at least the warm-ups, that is, from the bench at the Sears Center, which, by the way, turns out to be one of the better buildings that, that we have seen uh, in the ECHL. Relatively new barn. It opened up in 2006, and uh, for, you know, from my perspective, I, I really enjoy it, and maybe we'll ask our next guest, defenseman who scored the game-tying goal on Saturday. You can know him as number six on your roster sheet. Give it up for Maury Edwards. Maury Edwards joining us. How you doing? Not too bad, Bronx. Good to be here. Good to have you. Uh, I guess we'll, you can ask, answer my first question, which about the Sears Center. Pretty nice barn. You've been in some pretty good buildings in your uh, early professional career. You played in Lake Erie, so you played at the Q and in Providence. Don't know the name of their building offhand, but that's not a bad barn up there either. Uh, tell me what you thought of the Sears Center for the first time. No, yeah, it was pretty nice. I'd actually played there once before. We uh, At school, my sophomore year, we played in the Notre Dame uh, not sure how to pronounce it, but the Shillelagh tournament. Yes, you were right. It was, yeah, there's uh, so four teams there, and uh, played a couple games there uh, my sophomore year of college. For those that may not know a little bit about your past, tell uh, tell the the fans here that have made it to, to GameWorks on the levee what kind of your your hockey background. Where'd you start, and uh, and now obviously in Cincinnati, how'd you get here? Uh, well, I uh, I'm actually from Western Canada. I'm up from I'm from Alberta, up near Edmonton, Alberta, and uh, I played junior hockey in on Vancouver Island in the BCHL. And played four years of college at UMass Lowell before going on to Providence and Lake Erie and now to Cincinnati. Uh, when it comes to the different cities you've been to, you've certainly 
kind of had your, your pick of them and all the different levels of hockey you played. Is there a place that sticks out as your favorite other than, of course, Cincinnati, right? Uh, well, to be honest, I actually really like Cincinnati. It's a really nice city, and uh, the area that where all the guys are staying out in Blue Ash there, it's really nice out there, not too bad, nice and quiet. And, uh, well, the first home game was uh, real exciting. Well, it's because of you. Tie hockey game at the end of the third period going into overtime. And as time wound down, uh, the pressure continued to build. And certainly when you got the puck, you had that lane to step in, and you did. Take me through the moment you got the puck and the moment you saw that red light go on. Uh, yeah, well, it was a nice little battle in the corner. We had all three guys down the corner on the puck, and uh, Aubin kind of squeezed out with it, and I just found some open ice and had a little time to shoot it, so just tried to put it in the corner, and it happened to go in. The place was electric at that point. Certainly having your first goal as a Cyclone come at home certainly had to be good. Yeah, it was pretty exciting, especially uh, in the home opener. We were having so many people there. It was, uh, it was pretty exciting. Now, when you get ready for a game, everybody has their own unique setups. People have superstitions or, or just maybe, if not a superstition, but rather a routine. Does Maury Edwards have a routine? Uh, yeah, actually, it's kind of silly, but uh, I fill up a Gatorade cup before the game, before we go to warm up and uh, have a little drink Gatorade, and uh, try to use the same cup throughout the entire game. <laughs> That's my little superstition. Does it work? It, do, you, so, do you usually get through the whole game? Yeah, as long as somebody doesn't grab it, throw in the garbage. <laughs> Rob, go ahead. Now you went to UMass Lowell. Talk about how easy it was when you came here to have a Ryan Blair, somebody else that went to UMass Lowell as well, so being able to have somebody that you can relate to on the bench. Yeah, well, Ryan Blair is actually my roommate, and uh, while we played, he was actually my D partner for four years at school there, and so we were pretty good friends, and it's, it's always nice to have a good friend around when, when you need him or whatever, you know. Talk about your experience at UMass Lowell as well and how that helped prepare you to, uh, to come to the Cincinnati ECHL. Okay, well, UMass Lowell plays in Hockey East, and it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good conference out there. A lot of really good players play BU, BC, Maine, and such. And, uh, well, I think a uh, couple of games that I got in Lake Erie and Province at the end of the year really prepared me for the professional game at the, in uh, Cincinnati this year. UMass Lowell, uh, certainly in Hockey East, it is a hotbed. There's a lot going on. Rivalries are always heated. Was there one team in, in Hockey East that you found to be your arch rival? Uh, to be honest, it was different every year. Yeah. I mean, my, my first year and second year, it would have been BU because we lost some of the playoffs both years. Well, the, my sophomore year, we lost them in the, in the Hockey's final in uh, TD Make North Garden. Mm -hmm. And my first year, we lost in the first round against them. But then, like, my senior and junior year, I'd have to say it was Maine. Like, we played them both times in the playoffs. And it was just, well, my senior year, we didn't make the playoffs, <laughs> but... My, uh, my junior year, we played in the playoffs, and that building's so hard to play in. Like, it's hard not to think you're a rival against them, at least, yeah. you know? Well, when you're wearing an Astros hat, I'll ask you this. Baseball fan, I'm assuming you're a Houston Astros fan. You wear it a lot. It's one of those things, you, if you see Maury walking around the locker room or walking around the building, he's pretty much wearing this hat. Why? Are you, did you grow up an Astros fan? Not from there. Well, no, don't think too much into it. I was just looking for a new hat, and I thought the, <laughs> thought the logo was pretty nice, so... I picked this one out. Actually, my brother plays baseball, and we kind of grew up as a baseball family. My brother uh, was a pitcher at the University of Buffalo, okay. and he actually just graduated this past year. And did you think about getting into professional baseball or anything else when you were growing up, or were you always hockey-oriented? Oh, yeah. I was always baseball in the summer, hockey in the winter, and, well, I had to choose between the two when I was getting older because I started to play summer hockey, and uh, my parents made me choose, but I'm sure my dad was disappointed. And you think he's disappointed now you're playing pro hockey, and he's <laughs> still disappointed, huh? Well, I'm sure he's proud now. <laughs> Um, I guess the other question that I have when it comes to, to it being a D-man, and it's constantly changing, obviously a lot of ins and outs as, as players have come and gone. The defensive core, for the most part, with the exception of an O'Hanley getting called up every now and again, has stayed pretty you know, gelled together. There haven't been a lot of call-ups, at least when it comes to the D-man. How has that helped you kind of come along and learn uh, the pro game as you've transferred from college? 
Uh, well, it's kind of nice. I mean, well, Seabrook was up and uh, he's been uh, story, he's yeah. been down and he's back up right now. But uh, like kind of like trying to work your way and uh, getting in the lineup and in the lineup and stuff. But just trying to focus every day in practice. And if you get the opportunity to play, just do your best. When it comes to a game day routine, everybody has their own thing. I mean, we talked about superstitions and things, but uh, when on Friday, as an example, things kind of get thrown off. Is it hard to to get your mind back in it? Obviously, Friday worked out well in the early going. You came right out of the gate, shot out of there with, with a three-goal lead. But um, when it comes to the routine, are you the type of person that uh, it is what it is, I'll come, and if things change, it's not a big deal? Or are you kind of stuck in your ways about going through your game day routine, whether it's a nap, whether it's a meal? H- how is that in your mind? Yeah, well, usually, like, we're going to be on the rink, at the rink on time, obviously. Like, I stick to the same routine every day, eat my meal at a certain time, have a nice little nap, and then try and be at the rink at a certain time. But uh, I think the thing with uh, being late to Chicago was it, it could have been a good thing, too, because the thing when you're late, you rush getting dressed and everything, you don't have time to do it, so you're not thinking about it, and the whole mental aspect of having the superstitions there is gone, and then you just play. Yep. It's a good story. That's a very good point. And, and with, with that as kind of a, a secondary uh, question, a, a lead-on to that, the soccer game that goes on, two-touch, they, they call it sewer sometimes. Do you get involved in the, in the pregame soccer, and uh, are you good at it? Oh uh, no, I've I've never really gotten involved in that. I don't know. Like when when I was a midget, we we used to play hacky sack before the games. But ever since then, I've always just done my own kind of warm up. I never really got into the two touch. Well, we wish you the best of luck. We're happy you're here, and congratulations on getting that first Cyclones goal on Saturday. Yeah, thanks so much. That's defenseman Maury Edwards. Stay with us when we come back. We'll have some comments from Jared Scaldi as we look ahead to the weekend. Cyclones on the road Saturday. Back home for Military Appreciation Night Sunday. Details ahead on the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to CyclonesHockey.com. CyclonesHockey.com. One final segment on the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. Don't mind us. As we wrap up another week, we have time for a couple more questions before we preview another big weekend. I don't know what that was about, but hey, all right. We're right back at you. Friday in Chicago, a third meeting in a row against the Express, and I guess it's fitting considering you have 16 of them that you get a third of them out of the way right out of the bat. Uh, uh, with that said, Rob has a question about kind of getting ready for Friday night. Go ahead. Three, three games in a row against Chicago. What kind of adjustments, if any, did you make going into that game, and what kind of bad blood do you think is going to spill over from Saturday night into next Friday, or does the week off kind of temper those a little bit, or is the league already called and said, we're, we're watching it? No, I don't think that was uh, anything that the league needs to step in. And from our standpoint, I mean, our focus is getting two points. It's not about settling scores or anything like that. Um, you know, we're, we, we need to get some wins. That, that's the bottom line. We need points. We need wins. And uh, – you know, I, I, I think just, uh, you know, when we're skating, we're, uh, I think we can outskate this team. I think we've got a little bit more skill than them. We've got, uh, um, you know, obviously I think they're a little more physical. We don't want to play in that type of game, but we do definitely want to be the aggressors in the fact that, you know, finishing our checks and skating. And, um, you know, we'll make adjustments on our, our, our PK, maybe our power play. I thought um, even though we did score a power play goal, I thought there was still some moments there that we need to execute a little bit better. So our power play will be worked on this week and uh, among other things. And, um, you know, I thought uh, uh, Saturday was just too too easy on our entries and stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll work on our defenseman gaps this week and uh, some other things. So uh, it's nice when you've played a team a couple times and you can kind of, you know, watch some video and make some adjustments. But uh, the bottom line is if we're skating and we're working, I think that plays into our favor. Time for two more questions before we wrap up the show tonight. Go ahead. All right. Well, you play Chicago again Friday. Do you have to, like, settle your team down from Saturday so then you don't start another brawl on Friday? (laughs) 
Uh, no, you know, like I said, uh, we don't have to, uh, you know, we're not there to settle scores. We're there to win a hockey game and get two points. So I think, uh, um, you know, going there to work and, uh, you know, a week off, uh, you know, whatever happened, happened. You know, we didn't we didn't get what we wanted on Saturday. And, and Friday's a big, big opportunity for us to get, uh, get two points before we come home before Trenton. Mike. Thanks. Wraps up our questions for the night. Mike, you go ahead. Jared, this goes to you and Nick. Who's your all-time favorite Cyclone player since you played? <laughs> since my four games here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I guess the popular things to say, let me guess, Paul Lawless, Don Biggs, and Gilbert Dion, right? That works. Actually, that, I'm going to throw another name at you to answer, to answer the question. Frederick Shabbat. Freddie Shabbat Does anybody was a good remember goalie, that absolutely name? Absolutely great goalie. Uh, I can say that, uh, that he was the man that uh, got me interested in, in goaltending, and I'm sure to the dismay of, of this man right here who has had to utilize me at some point during the past week. Well, but I'll play into Jim's hands here. Uh, maybe uh, Howie Rosenblatt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a good answer. Good answer. Now, of course, Saturday night, Military Appreciation Night. It should be fun. Uh, obviously, it's always a spirited affair. We get a chance to pay tribute to, to those men and women who are either previously served or are serving our nation's uh, our nation's military and our armed services so we're uh, excited to have Saturday night and I know if uh, last Saturday was any indication it should be another crazy rocking crowd on on, uh, on Saturday night at the bank well I think it's gonna be a lot of fun I mean we're excited we're gonna have uh, game Friday get ready for Saturday and uh, be a lot of fun I forgot to mention one guy Pete Rose 14 I think was another guy that uh, his his uh, number is one retired. Of my all-time favorite Cincinnati Cyclones. I didn't know he played <laughs> he didn't play I don't think he played his jersey he up there. well he had to have then, right? Yeah, must have played. We'll hopefully have you uh, listening live, if not with us, at the Sears Center. Friday, our pregame coverage begins at 8.15 from the Sears Center Eastern Time. And, of course, Saturday, 7.30 against the Trenton Titans, not the Devils, Mike. As we wrap things up, we hope you join us again next Monday. We'll be here at 7 o'clock for Jared and Rob and everybody here. Thanks for being with us. Thanks a lot, guys. This is the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show on the Cyclones Radio Network.